welcome to the Legal Eagle Review, an informative and thought-provoking weekly show covering legal issues affecting everyday people. We know that there are many things you could be doing with your time, and we appreciate your decision to share this time with us. I'm Irving Joyner. And I'm April Dawson. We're law professors at North Carolina Central University School of Law, and we're your co-hosts. The Legal Eagle Review is sponsored by the NCCU School of Law and the Virtual Justice Project. We thank you for joining us this evening. Among the many treasures that we enjoy at North Carolina Central University is our Department of Theater. Over the years, the Department of Theater has produced a wide variety of outstanding theatrical performances which have earned rave reviews and awards from the artistic communities. The the department has also inspired and trained students who have regularly appeared in movies, television, and other theatrical and entertainment venues around the country. On a regular basis, the Department of Theater has performed at the world-class National Black Theater Festival in Winston-Salem where they have been able to showcase and demonstrate their talent in acting, writing, and producing. The department is at it again with another blockbuster production, which will be presented at NCCU on September 13th through the 15th. This production is the second time around for A Need Fulfilled, a play which tells the story of over 600 brave African-American women who fought for the right to serve this country as nurses during World War II. As you may recall, during the Jim Crow era, when segregation was king, African-Americans had to fight the U.S. government for the honor and opportunity of being in the military. Because of Jim Crow, Much of the history regarding the contributions of African Americans in the war efforts has been suppressed. But now, the Department of Theater, through the exhaustive research of Professor Arthur Reese, has unearthed these stories and will bring them to life on our stage. Like the movie Hidden Figures, which revealed the groundbreaking work of African American women who made significant contributions to the American space program, A Need Fulfilled tells the story of similar African American nurses who fought racism and adversity in order to fight against the bomb and bullets of America's enemies. We are honored to have Professor Reese with us this evening to discuss this excellent play and why you should come out and learn about the sacrifices of these proud and historic African-American nurses. Professor Reese, thank you for joining us for uh, this discussion this evening. Thank you, Professor Joyner, and thank you. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity, and I really love the way you summed the show up. I'm going to have to steal some of that, so I'll definitely be listening. Okay, I well, like I'll the way you wrote that. Okay, you, you can do that. Okay, we will right. pay, absolutely. Uh, no, this has been a, a very wonderful experience. Um, for me, this production, uh, when you're the playwright and the director, and I'm the designer, and I'm the tech director, uh, it was quite a task to stand it on its feet the first time. Mm -hmm. And now we're preparing to hopefully raise some money to get it to uh, New York City 
so that it can be filmed for uh, public television there. Uh, We'd be at Lehman College uh, in the Bronx uh, to perform it. Uh, And, you know, it took me about 13 years from the day I started on this piece to finally bring it into fruition. And it's such a blessing to finally see it live. Well, let's let's you know, let's kinda get into a discussion about the play, but before we, we do that, I want you to first of all tell our audience uh something about the NCCU Department of Theater, its history and uh some of its accomplishments over the years. We have an incredible theater program and it's been my home now for nine years. Well no, ten, I'm sorry, I just got my little tenth year award, that's right. <laughs> um I was at Chicago State University, uh, and then I came down here, and uh, my dad, excuse me, had cancer, and I wanted to move closer to my mom, who lives in Greenville. So I was just really trying to get any job closer to my mom, and I was very blessed to meet Dr. John Alston, Mm -hmm. who was then the chair. Uh, And he brought me in. As a matter of fact, we signed my contracts at the National Black Theater Festival (laughs) the fall I started. And then, you know, I got here and I had to jump right into work. And then one day I was walking down the hallway and I had to stop because I saw the uh, newspaper article on uh, the play Mules and Men, Mm -hmm. Mules and Men, and where they had won the Kennedy Center national theater contest for the nation they had the best play in the nation and i went wait a minute i had never heard that an hbcu ever did that that's amazing because you know the departments that compete in that contest are huge and many of them are really wealthy and have incredible resources and i'll tell you right now uh nccu theater did it Uh, And not only that, I mean, you walk down the hall and you also see like Wendell Tabb, I believe. I don't know if he was nominated for the Tony or he actually got it, but still what an honor. He's down there at Hillside and has built an amazing program. And, you know, I work with him down there because I like to try and get a hold of some of those great students he's got and try to get them to come this way. Uh, And also in the depth of professionalism that this department instills in its productions. I mean, I'm seeing things that some professional theaters, uh, and I'm from New York uh, in terms of my work experience, uh, and I've done a lot of off-Broadway. I've done Broadway as well. Uh, But I've seen shows on this stage that would stand up to anything anywhere else. So I'm very, very proud to be a part of this family. Well, you know, since you're talking about the theater and some of its production, can you just kind of name a few of the uh, uh, recent uh, productions that uh, we've been able to uh, enjoy here at the university? Uh, I believe, let's see, last semester, I know we did Sister Act, which was excellent. Um, Actually, let me uh, say... There's uh, a piece, Best of Enemies, Mm -hmm. that we're actually doing in October that I'm really excited about that one. Uh, And then this year also we're going to do Blues for an Alabama Sky. Uh, But we've done Ruined. 
we've done Serafina. Um, you know, every year we try to do a balance between known works and new works. The very first play I ever did here was called Slapping God in the Face, and it was by Dr. Ashabi. Mm -hmm. And when I read the title, I went, Hmm. <laughs> What's this gonna be? Interesting, uh, yeah. It was, but it was very interesting. Uh, a look at the trials of Jesus, uh, and then uh, we went on. Um, one of the pieces that I had uh, the most fun with uh, was Leap of Faith, just like the film about the preacher who eventually finds that he well finds the God in himself and knows that he can't be a charlatan anymore. Uh, and that one we had to do kind of a circus tent on stage. Uh, you know, I'm the tech director for the program, uh, and sometimes I design them all. Sometimes, you know, I stay back and just help whoever's designing. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I know that there's always a, a great deal of artistic freedom and we're always trying to reach for the highest star we can grab hold of here mm -hmm. and i like that about this program okay. how many how many students are are in the the department uh right now this morning we had actually our theater practice class and i'm pretty sure i counted at least 30 32 kids uh it's 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 growing it's mm -hmm. definitely growing uh, we had gone on a little bit of a downturn there where we had some graduates who did so well in the real world that they decided, well, I'm not going to finish school because I'm out here doing this and it's mm -hmm. fine. And I'm like, y'all, you need the piece of paper, okay? Come back, finish. But they're on their way and they're doing well. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the majors are starting to build back up very nicely. And... Um, well, actually, we're going to be doing Dream Girls this year mm -hmm. in February. Uh, and also, we were talking before we recorded uh, about Twelfth Night. Mm -hmm. uh, there'll be a production of that this year also. So it's a very exciting-looking uh, season. Um, well, you, you mentioned uh, Wendell Tabb, uh, who yeah. was over at, uh, at, at, at Hillside and is uh, well-known oh, in yes. the uh, in industry. Can you, can you just, uh, uh, just rattle off a couple of names of uh, of people who are out in uh, television and uh, plays and in the artistic. Oh my uh, goodness! Market. I would have to go stand. I know in it, the, go, it goes back forever. And it ever. goes back forever. I'd have to go stand in the hallway and see the names. I'm sorry. I should have <laughs> came prepared. Uh, but um, but it's safe to say that. Oh uh, no, they're out there. They are out there. You 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 turn on uh, on television now and you will see them uh, doing uh, their thing and they got their start uh, right here at uh, at NCCU. Uh, yep, and, and uh, I know Kim Cole. Kim Coles is one of yes, our alums. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, she's mm -hmm. out there. No, I could go right out in the mm -hmm. hall. There are five <laughs> or six others. My bad. <laughs> uh, but then again, I also. Um, I try to focus, uh, people pick on me because it's like immediately after I finish a product, I'm immediately to the next. Uh, one of my students helped me clean my office right before uh, the school year started because it was looking like I had just done festival. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was stuff <laughs> everywhere. And she said, Dr. Reese, there's a whole box of awards that haven't been unpacked. And I went, 
Yeah, leave them in the box. Uh, because it's not about that. Mm-hmm. It, for me, it's about, okay, now, how can I get another kid working at DPAC? Or how can I get another kid in a um, regional theater? We just sent one of our graduates, Ari Wilds. Uh, he's now the tech director for the St. Louis Black Repertory Company. Okay. Uh, and he sent me a little message. He said, I'm in heaven. They got all kind of great equipment. And I'm like, good for you. Try not to mess it up. Uh, but, you know, as a director, a tech director of National Black Theater Festival, I get a lot of jobs that come across my desk. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I'll think, you know, so-and-so could do this, but... They're not quite ready yet. And then you have to kind of judge because, you know, you build a reputation. And the last thing you want to do is to send the wrong person Person at the wrong time. And then that hurts everybody in the future. Um, Now, you you mentioned the uh, National Black uh, Theater Festival. And uh, I have uh, attended... Uh, that festival for uh, for years uh, now. It is the uh, premier uh, venue. Uh, certainly, is the premier vi- vi- venue in uh, in North Carolina, but around the country, uh, where they bring in uh, African American uh, artists uh, uh, to uh, present their plays, to uh, demonstrate uh, their uh, artistic uh, ability. Uh, can you tell me a little bit, you know, because you, you're connected with that. Kind of explain your connection with it and just uh, what it is that uh, that th- this department has been able to do with uh, the National Black Theater Festival. Okay, I, I, I think I can uh, give you a good bit of that. Um, I actually had worked my way to the Negro Ensemble Company. I got my uh, MFA at the University of Virginia. And I was in our theater, Theater 4, which is at uh, uh, 424 West 55th Street in the city. And my boss, Susan Turner, came to me and said, you need to go see the man upstairs. He wants you to go do a play in North Carolina. And I went, no, because I had worked so hard to leave the Carolinas to get to New York. I was like, no, I'm not going back. Uh, And she says, no, 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 go see the man. And the man was Larry Leon Hamlin. Mm. He was the founder. And uh, I walked up, and they were rehearsing in this hot attic. And I heard this incredibly profane language coming out the door, and I'm like, oh, no, uh uh-uh, this is not for me. And I peeked in, and there was this little, thin, (laughs) writhy-looking, strong guy wearing a lavender jungle helmet uh, sitting there, and just giving these actors uh, a, a fit. So I eventually, I tried to turn around, but he caught me. I eventually met Larry Leon Hamlin, and I came and did a show for him. This was in 88, and then in eight, he said, do you think you could do the tech for an entire theater festival? And I'm young and dumb, and I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I can do that. No problem whatsoever. So in 1989, we did the very first National Black Theater Festival, and uh, I think Larry actually stayed awake that entire week. 
uh, he lost about 30 pounds that week. <laughs> By the end of the week, he was just the skeleton of himself. But the incredible outpouring of unity and artistic integrity and just beautiful productions. Uh, and so ever since then, uh, every two years, well, as a matter of fact, we're planning for 2021 now. And I can go ahead and tell you that it's 16,253 hours, 17 minutes, and 41 seconds until the 2021 National Black Theater Festival. You have to do that. Uh, and it's been wonderful because uh, not only have our students work at the festival, but every year... It seems like the production we bring, and I think this year our production was Blood on the Root, we were sold out. We're sold out, and we've built a reputation of, okay, NCCU Theater, going to go see that, okay? okay? Uh, and I think you really, you can't fake that, yeah. you know? Okay, this is the uh, Legal Eagle uh, Review. We're talking with... Uh, Professor uh, Arthur Reese, uh, who is at uh, North Carolina Central University uh, Department of uh, Theater, and we're eventually going to talk about his uh, new play, A Need Fulfilled. We've been talking about the uh, Department of Theater up to uh, this point. We're going to take a break uh, right now. I want you to uh, stay with us as we uh, get back uh, to our dialogue with uh, Professor Reese. So we'll be right back. Since 2010, the North Carolina Central University School of Law has been at the forefront of virtual legal education with the launch of its Virtual Justice Project. The Virtual Justice Project is an innovation in legal education and technology. NCCU School of Law pioneered this approach to address the underrepresentation of African-American lawyers and a lack of access to justice for low-income and marginalized communities. Virtual pre-law courses prepare students, wherever they are, for the rigor of law school. The Know Your Rights series offers legal information sessions that empower participants to understand the law and to promote self-advocacy. Both the pre-law courses and the legal information sessions are made possible through telepresence and high-definition video conferencing. Course listings and contact information, along with more detail about the Virtual Justice Project, are on the NCCU Law website at law.nccu.edu. Okay, we're back on the uh, Legal Eagle Review. We're speaking with uh, Professor Arthur Reese, uh, who is the uh, director and the uh, uh, artistic designer of this outstanding play, A Need Fulfilled, uh, which uh, describes the uh, lives of over 600 African-American uh, nurses who uh, served in World War II uh, during the days of, uh, of Jim Crow. And that uh, play is going to uh, be performed here at North Carolina Central uh, September 13th through the uh, 15th. And this is the second time 
uh, that this uh, particular play has been uh, performed uh, here, but it uh, received rave reviews uh, last semester uh, when it was uh, performed, and uh, Professor Reese is bringing it back uh, again. So he's joining us here uh, this evening to uh, to discuss that. And I want to try to uh, get into uh, that 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 discussion because this is uh, uh, unusual in the sense that you are unearthing history, uh, the history of uh, African Americans. And uh, most people will recall uh, Hidden Figures. Uh, I this love is that another movie. form yeah. of Hidden Figures uh, here of uh, heroic uh, African American women who people never knew about and that's never been uh, publicized. But to start us off, how did you get interested in doing this story about these these African American nurses? Uh, actually, I was the uh, coordinator, uh, which is like sub chair for the communications, media arts, and theater program at Chicago State University. Actually, funny enough, I was hired there by Donda West, which is Kanye's mother. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and. The TV studio came under my kind of domain, and my kids were having a lot of trouble getting work. And when I talked to the TV stations and the radio stations, they said, well, it's because they don't have any experience, and they need to know what they're doing uh, when they arrive. And I'm like, okay, well, how do I fix this? So I said about having them film and record and do as much physical TV work as I possibly could. And uh, one of um, my uh, mentors there came to me, Usini Perkins, a great playwright, uh, came and said, do you know some of the Tuskegee Airmen live here in the Chicago area? And I said, really? I said, do you know any of them? And he went, yeah. I said, would you let them come in I'd love to have my students interview them. And really, I just want to hear them talk and get their version because the movie was a great success and we saw a lot of what happened, but we knew that was only the tip of that iceberg, that story. So I filmed about seven of the airmen. And after one uh, gentleman's taping, uh, I said... Wow, thank you. That was some amazing information. Um, You mentioned uh, that you married a nurse after uh, your time in the service. Uh, I said, sir, I don't mean to be rude, but back in the 1940s, you married a white nurse? And he looked (laughs) at me, right? And I said, you know, just really curious. And he said, no, brother, I married this wonderful sister here, Louise. I said, wait a minute. She's black. I said, she was a black nurse? He went, yes. I said, y'all had black nurses in World War II? He went, yes. They certainly weren't going to let the white nurses tend to us. There had to be someone. And I went, no way. He went, way. And he showed me a picture of her in her uniform. And as I've discussed with you, the hidden history thing, that's always been my one of my primary joys is uh, finding facts. As a matter of fact, one of the first pieces I ever wrote was called By a Black Hand, and it dealt with inventors in each age, and I also took inventions, but I took the music, 
like of Scott Joplin and B.B. King and this one and the other, and turned it into hip-hop so that the kids could watch it and actually understand what the contributions of their ancestors had been. So that's when I started digging on information about nurses. And then I set the project to the side for a bit, especially when I moved here. Uh, and then somehow I picked up the folder again. I think I was cleaning. I'm always cleaning. <laughs> uh, and I looked and I said, you know, I got to get back to this. So I asked one of my current mentors, Ed Deshay, he's a Broadway stage manager, works at the festival. I said, Ed, you know, I'm just not finding information on these black nurses, and I don't know where I'm going to get it because I tried the Army, I tried all kind of veterans groups. And he says, oh, my mom was one. And I'm like, wow. really, Ed? Wow. <laughs> really? I've mentioned this to you before. He said, yeah, my mom was one, and uh, I think we have all of her information. And that's what started it. And once it came like that, it's like the floodgate opened. And then it's very interesting, sir, about three or four of my other friends in theater, Susan Watson-Turner is one of them, I've mentioned her, uh, they're either their nurses, either their mothers or aunts were nurses. Mm -hmm. Okay, so all of a sudden through this connection, it branched out and they knew other people and other families and I just started digging and getting information because the most important thing to me is that we let the world know what these incredible women did. But it must also be factual. See, that's the you can't fall into that trap. You got to that. And that's why the research is so crucial. Because you got to know what you're talking about. And what we tried to present on stage is as close to factual account of their experience as our budget will allow us, which is pretty good. And, and so the, the research, fascinating. Were, were you able to find any scholarly work that had been done, or is the play based on the interviews that you were able to do with specific uh, individuals? There's a mixture. Now, one of the nurses in the story, Eleanor Powell, actually married a German prisoner. And there was a book about that, which actually, as kind of backstory, gave me some information about the nurses. And then there was Miss Wilkins, and then there was Irma Brooks from our own nursing department that brought me a book, Voices, about the original nursing schools and the Lincoln School for the Nursing. So that also gave me more backstory and uh, history. And I tried... Uh, and I had about 17 uh, people at once researching this, just trying to find any snippet of information. And uh, I found a really brilliant young woman from my Drama 1000 class. Uh, her name is Sabrin McDonald. Uh, she is an eagle. She is NCCU. Uh, she's the kind... Uh, that you would show her a little crack in the wall, and by the time I'd come back, there'd be a hole all the way through it. She was relentless. You know what I'm saying? She just kept digging and kept digging and cross-referencing. So what we do is, just like that window there, I have a big board, and what I do is I just write scraps and bits of information. 
Uh, and then, you know, after a while, it'll either bring itself together or we'll put it together. But, you know, that's kind of how it happened. And so, and then actually that leads into my next question, which is the artistic approach. And so, you know, there's the research aspect of what you Mm -hmm. need to do, but then you've got to take, because you go beyond just, you know, like a scholar, a scholar would do the research and then maybe write about it, but then you're taking all of this information and you're putting it in the form of a play. So what's your process after you, or as you're accumulating this information? Okay. Um. I don't mean to be arrogant. I'm trying not to be, but sometimes when I'm working on something, uh, like the play about the black inventors, God sent that one straight by facts. I I could see the whole play when I began. I was like, oh, yes, it should be this, and it should do this and move like this. This one vision. Yeah, (laughs) you see it. And on this one, I had portions of a vision. Uh, and the history, first of all, to impart the knowledge. Theater at its best both educates and entertains. And of those two processes, the education is the more important part of it. Because you should never go, you shouldn't read a novel or see a film, sometimes of the film, or but see a play and come home empty. You should bring something back with you. So my process is I sit there and I stare at it. And what keyed me was something Sabrin did because what she did was she listed kind of the different places they served. And I went, okay, now wait a minute. What could have happened in each of those places? Because we do a portion of it, it's in Arizona, where they're caring for German POWs. We do another portion where they're in Tagap, Burma. Okay, there's another portion where they're on their way to England, uh, where they were met by uh, General Benjamin O. Davis. Uh, So I just started chronicling uh, who would they have run up against, and that's how I came up with Nurse Bliss, who is the head white nurse who hates her black troops. Uh, But then there's uh, a major, uh, Major Rooks, uh, who, you know, comes in and since he's her superior and always talks about how wonderful his black nurses are, there's very little that she can do to harm them, but she'd really love to drum them all out of the core. Uh, Now, as a quick point, Major Rooks is also going to be in my next play, which is about the 369th Harlem Hellfighters. Okay, Mm -hmm. and in that one, he's a lieutenant, and he was a very different person because at that point in time, he was fresh out of medical school and very racist about black troops until the Hellfighters saved him when he got separated from his unit. And that experience changed his life and his attitudes Uh, And I think especially in our current political climate and the way things kind of are a little divisive and we're not really uh, working on unity, I think it's important that we embrace and give examples of our diversity and how we assist each other and how we're all part of this. Mm -hmm. All we have is each other. And, you know, that's probably how we should look at it. You know, in, 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 uh, in, in formulating 
the 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 theatrical production and the, and the and the narrative that you've put t- together. How important uh, were the stories about uh, uh, racial incidents involving uh, African American men uh, in the military uh, during those days? I know there were stories, many stories about African American men wearing their uniform just to prove and show. Uh, to everyone oh, that they had, they had paid achieved, their, that they, they, had paid, they had paid their debt uh, to America, and in many instances, that that invited uh, attack, physical attacks uh, uh, on them. So, how how did you kind of work that history into? I, well, it, actually, sir, uh, kind of crucial in a way, uh, because one of the f- figures that I talk about who dealt with that racism is Jackie Robinson, Mm -hmm. because he was a member of the 761st Tank Battalion, uh, which is the group that went across Europe with George S. Patton, broke all kind of records with war, uh, with the advances that they made. But Jackie, uh, they wanted him to sit at the back of a military bus. And Jackie was like, no, uh, I'm not going to the back of the bus, okay? Uh, and that's how he got kicked out of the army. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the we see the nurses who applied over and over to be a part of the army nurses. They some of them applied up to a hundred and twelve times, uh, and mm-hmm. finally got in there. And I believe, okay, I'm, I'm trying to make my numbers right. I believe it was about ten thousand that actually applied. In the end, it was uh, 45 to begin that they took. Uh, But then by the end of the war, there were black soldiers on all fronts. Mm -hmm. So they had to have black nurses to serve them. So I think in the end, it was 600 that they eventually let in. And then uh, not too uh, long after that, uh, the desegregation orders were signed so, you know, in they came. Uh, but, no, it was a rough road for them, and those stories were crucial. So the, so the, the play is, um, it's, a, it's a work of fiction, but it's historical mm-hmm. fiction. Absolutely. So how do you go about weaving the historical facts into the, the story, which you're using as a vehicle to, to share that history and educate? Uh, I want to make sure always that my facts are accurate. Uh, now, here's one of the problems finding information. Like I said, the Army could tell me nothing about these nurses, not where they served, not who they were, what they did. And very interesting, uh, another piece that we're working on with Never Stop, one of our goals is uh, Hidden History, Never Stop Productions. Uh, We're going to do a piece about the Mountford Point Marines. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, we contacted them, and four days later, in perfectly bound magazine form, the Marines sent us the information on their black Marines, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously they're very proud of that history. Uh, so it's like, okay, this play will be easier. Uh, <laughs> but that one's about four more down the line. Um, but I think as we tried to mold something that didn't bore people to death, but also inform them. 
that's that's kind of how I weave that together uh, because it's got dance in it. There's a lot of singing, okay. Mm-hmm. And these sisters can sing, okay. Roberta Laws is my music director. She's the choir director. She's about this tall, but <laughs> boy. That's a ball of fire right there. And she gets work out of these kids that, again, I could be sitting in New York and hearing. Mm -hmm. And I I like that. I like when my children achieve. I say children. I should say students. But they they are. They're they're my kids. Well, I want to, you know, this is a quick question because we're getting ready to take a a, a break uh, right now. Uh, But how long did the fall production, I mean, the spring production run, and how did you end up deciding to do it again? Uh, it ran for two weekends. Mm-hmm. And uh, this time as I'm doing it, I'm also reworking it so that when we take it to New York, it will be more television friendly. And that's one of the reasons I really wanted to remount it. Also, the adjudicators from the Kennedy Center American College Theater Festival didn't get a chance to see it. So we're hoping for that input this time as well. So that's why. All right. You're listening to the Legal Eagle Review here on WNCU 90.7 FM. And we've been talking with NCCU professor Arthur Reese, who is with the Department of Theater here at North Carolina Central University. We're going to take a quick break, but we will be right back. We hope you stay with us. The Center for Child and Family Health was founded in 1996 as a consortium of North Carolina Central University, Duke University, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and the Durham community. Since that time, CCFH has become a national leader in research, training, and the treatment of childhood trauma. The mission of CCFH is to care for children and families affected by abuse, neglect, and other forms of trauma. Its professionals utilize a multidisciplinary, measurable approach to provide prevention services, treatment for children and families, professional training, and research related to childhood traumatic stress by uniquely integrating community-based practice and academic excellence. Its vision is that every child has the right to be loved, nurtured, and safe. As a center of excellence, CCFH strives to define the highest standards in the prevention and treatment of childhood trauma. In this way, stability and hope can be restored for children and their families. Information about the Center for Child and Family Health is at 919-419-3474 or the Center's website at www.ccfhnc.org.
And we're back. Thank you again for tuning in to the Legal Eagle Review here on WNCU 90.7 FM. I'm April Dawson, and my co-host Irving Joyner and I have been talking with Professor Arthur Reese, who is the writer, director, designer, tech director for a film that will be on production um, here at North Carolina Central University. In September, the, the play actually is called A Need Fulfilled, and it's about the untold story of the brave black nurses of World War II. So, Professor Reese, you had mentioned that you are hoping to have the production done in New York so that it can be filmed for, for television. Yes, for um, New York Public Television. And so um, where are you in that process, and what do you need in order for that to happen? Well, uh, actually, Professor Joyner is trying to help me on down the highway uh, because we put in for a grant uh, to help get the cast and crew there. I travel with about 30 people. Uh, and I had a decision to make. Uh, one of the differences in the production from last time is a great deal of it was kind of cut out. And I had a former, two former students, actually, who were working on an edit. And they were like, you know what? If we combine this person with this person and take this person's lines out all together and change this, we can drop it down to 15 people and do the thing. And I'm like, but what about history okay I mean don't you believe that all of these nurses deserve to have their names called and their stories told and I probably could have already raised the funds to do that but no I the history so I am trying to find ways to get funding to get this show up there to get these kids and house them uh, and I would love to be able to have them at least see a show and buy a hot dog uh, <laughs> while we're in New York, you know, take them by the Apollo, do a few other things. But since we will be filming it and performing it live, uh, the schedule will be really tight. But I think this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. A lot of these young people have never done television. So for our students... That is, for me, that's a crucial. This is a crucial opportunity to get my students what they need to further them so we see some more of them on TV or on the Broadway stage or wherever their aims take them. And so ideally, when would you do that production in, in New York? Oh, spring break. Uh, because, you know, our department season is so busy and we're doing a lot of good things this year. Uh, this academic year. Uh, so spring break was the only time we could find where there was no other conflict. But, you know, that kind of works. Mm -hmm. You know, spring break in New York, and uh, it should be hopefully nice up there by then. Because originally they were talking about February. And February <laughs> in New time. York, that can be a bit rough, especially in the Bronx. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, Professor Reese, I, you know, I, I've, I've followed uh, the theater uh, department here for, for the many years that I've been here at the, uh, at, at the law school. And the question that I always have is, where do you find 
all of these talented students because they are yes, simply uh, outstanding as singers, as actors. I mean, it, 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 they, they just blow my mind. Where, where I, do they come from? You know, I've got one. His name's Eric Galaro. And literally, he walked in off the street. Then we have others. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Zora Umedia and uh, several other of the children are from the choir. So they came over, and for a minute there, the choir girls were out acting the theater girls. And I'm like, y'all better watch out. Y'all about to be taken off the stage. Uh, and that's a very, it's a, it's a nice kind of uh, back and forth. Uh, and I've got a couple of alumnus uh, who are in this. And then I'm very lucky. I have a lot of community support. Uh, because I have about eight people who come nightly to play just German prisoners. Mm -hmm. And they put on their uniforms, and they walk in, and they sit where I tell them. Then they move to where I tell them. Uh, so, you know, you find them all over, but many and at most are members of the theater department. Mm -hmm. uh, and Dr. Ashabi is doing more and more about outreach, and uh, trying to get more talented people into the program. I work at like Jordan High School. I told you I work at Hillside High School. I work at a high school in Winston-Salem. Uh, I try also to find, hey, come on over here to Central. We got something good for you. So that's, that's where some of them come from. And like I say, others just walk in the door. So can I ask you, so two, two questions. Mm -hmm. uh, one, I, I want to get your thoughts on advice that you would give to a young person who might be interested in theater. And, and that kind of leads to a, an, another question, which is there are some, uh, and I'm thinking about young men probably in particular, who might have an interest, mm -hmm. but who might be worried about being chastised. Um, and so uh, what, what advice would you give okay. to someone who, who might very well be interested or even is interested in just exploring Here's, here's what uh, I say, and I base this on my own life. First of all, I'm 60 years old. I've been doing theater full-time since I walked out of graduate school, uh, and I have never collected a single day's unemployment in my life. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, having the MFA was helpful because after a while, when I was tired of being on the road and doing this and doing that, being able to go teach, that was a good thing. That's a good path. Uh, the other thing I, I want to say is you get one life. If you're interested, come on by uh, because our theater family is also a very loving family. We are a family. So here you don't have to worry about being chastised. And who knows, you could be the next Will Smith. Step on out there. Don't be afraid. We ain't scared of no show. Okay, did that answer both? Absolutely, and okay. I'm sure motivated and encouraged uh, someone who's, <laughs> who's listening to this. Yeah. yeah. So, And, and I want to ask you uh, also about the writing. And so you focus um, on uh, the tech directing, but, but you're also a writer and a director. And so um, how did you decide to uh, kind of expand um, and get into the directing and the, and the writing uh, as well? Okay, well, uh, Kanye's mama helped with that uh, because I had my first child on the way. 
And in order to take the job at Chicago State University, I had to direct because my job was to build an evening theater program. So I started doing uh, traditional African-American plays like the Amen Corner or uh, Ceremonies in Dark Old Men, pieces like that. And then that modulated a bit to when I actually found out what the audiences wanted, which was also more of the history, a great deal. Chicago is a great music town. And I have been blessed. Okay, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I worked with Maya Angelou. I was her designer uh, for quite a while. Um, uh, Douglas Turner Ward was one of the founders of the Negro Ensemble Company. Okay, and I used to, and that's where I know Sam Jackson and Denzel's and stuff from, and some others. Uh, but in the theater, every day, I would watch him work. I would watch how he directed. And I'd be like, okay, that's how he gets him to do that. And Doug had this, he's a powerful, powerful human being with this huge presence. Mm -hmm. And then Larry Leon Hamlin was also another style, very abusive and intense, but wow, <laughs> did he get beautiful work out mm -hmm. of him, right? Uh, so I watched Larry work, so I just kind of, gathered their styles and said, okay, I can make this happen. I'm just going to be Doug one day and Larry the next. Here we go. <laughs> and I got to doing plays. Uh, the writing, I won a fellowship at Emory this year. Congratulations. My research. Yeah, that was, I won another one because I was down there looking at the Robert Langmuir collection mm -hmm. in their Rose Library and every African-American that should be a mecca that you should travel. To, there should be a line out of that library to look at w the information that they have got to gotten together about our people. Mm -hmm. Amazing. You know, I, uh, uh, I'm, I'm from Brooklyn. Oh, hey. And, <laughs> uh, and, and, and in high school, it was uh, a royal treat for me to go off Broadway. To the uh, Negro Ensemble hey. uh, Theater. And now, was Douglas it at St. Mark's then, or was yeah, it at, yeah, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, And uh, to go over and you sit on those little benches uh, that they had there that you kind of moved around. Yep. Wherever you yep, wherever you wanted to and sit. And you just saw all of these, you know, Ivan Donovan, I've been just outstanding actors who are now becoming known, but uh. then were uh, trying to make it. Esther uh, Roll, Moses yep, right. Gunn. All of them. All of them, all and, up uh, in there. But Doug, Douglas Turner, I mean, he was uh, uh, large and in charge. Oh, no, that was him. On, on and, and I know that you had some experience uh, working with uh, the uh, Negro Ensemble uh, Company. How did that experience, or how does that experience help you in dealing with uh, the the development of talent here at uh, North Carolina Central, but also the kind of uh, inspiration that the students need to be able to survive all of the slapbacks yep. uh, that they get uh, along the way as they try to move up in this uh, in this journey. On my wall, uh, right behind my desk, is what we call the Eagle Tech Creed. And uh, that creed is about finding a way when there's no way. 
If you can't find a way, you invent a way. Uh, if you can't invent a way, you discover a way and you make sure it's safe for everybody around you. And then when you're done, you help the person next to you until all work is complete. Okay. Uh, we, I like to keep them revved up. I do. I like to keep them searching. Uh, you have to try and keep them engaged because, you know, there are a lot of distractions. Mm -hmm. And we're living with kids who are in the cell phone age, and some of them have both ears plugged and the phone in their face, and they're crossing the street, and there's a car mm -hmm. coming. Uh, so it's, it's kind of hard sometimes to grab the new generation, but every now and then I can find a way in. And generally it's by finding something they love or that interests them. And that might not necessarily be on stage. But then taking that talent, whatever it is, and, okay, now do this for me so we can do this over here better. And it's like, okay. And then the next thing you know, they're back at my door going, what are we doing today? And I'm mm -hmm. like, well, let's see. So then you got them, mm -hmm. and you go forward. So you mentioned that you can be involved in the theater without necessarily being on stage. Can, oh, yeah. Can you talk about what a tech director does? Because you do that here. <clears throat> you also do yeah, it for the National Black mm -hmm. Theater Festival. Right. I do it uh, well, actually around the planet. <laughs> hey, DL. Um, the job of the tech director, the first thing, uh, there's a sign on the wall in the shop that says, Reese says, no matter how pretty it is, if it's not safe, it's no good. So safety's the first thing, both for your audience, your performers, your technicians around you. That's the first thing. Are we doing everything in the safest way possible? Second thing, I get to create worlds. I go from one world, I can be working on the moon over here, and then I'm in a cotton field in Louisiana with this one over here. You know, there's always a different world to build, to create. So you need, I need carpenters, painters, electricians. Uh, with National Black Theater Festival this year, one of the biggest hits I had to sneak in was to see Cowboy. And for that one, we put a saloon, an Old West saloon on the stage, you know? So you're always... Uh, so if your mind wanders and you need something to keep it going in a straight line, come see us. We definitely have something that will keep you interested, I assure you. Wow, that's, uh, that's, that's amazing. Uh, we, 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 we want you to uh, come to uh, the uh, Ferris uh, Newton Communications Building uh, from September 13th uh, through the uh, 15th. Uh, each uh, evening uh, there for a, uh, a need fulfilled. Uh, it will, is, is a play that is uh, both educational and uh, entertaining, and it will uh, fill your soul. Uh, and uh, so you need to, uh, to come out and you need to support uh, the work of our uh, students in the uh, Department of uh, Theater and the professors who do uh, an outstanding job of uh, preparing them for the uh, many productions in which uh, they are engaged. And uh, we are certainly fortunate uh, to, uh, to have them uh, with us. And uh, we, we, we're going to uh, 
uh, continue to be supportive of all Thank you, sir. that they do. Thank, Thank you, sir. both. Professor Reese, can you talk a little bit real quickly, uh, we've got a few minutes left, about your Never Stop Productions. Never Stop Productions was formed by a friend of mine, Sean Callow, uh, and his friend, Mac Lee. Uh, what it's about is providing support for North Carolina Central students. Uh, you know, uh, Dean Wilson and the school, they do what they can. Uh, sometimes it might fall a little short. So that's why Never Stop was formed. Sometimes we help kids with scholarships. Uh, we help kids. He, as a matter of fact, he just gave one of our students his old car. Okay. Uh, sometimes their bills aren't paid and so-and-so's rent is due and they're about to be evicted. So Never Stop will step up and pay that. But mainly Never Stop is about, again, the hidden history, the stories. And Never Stop also is about veterans, okay, and supporting them because I know as we all drive and see the people with the signs and I see a lot of veterans holding those signs on the side of the road. And why is that, you know? Uh, now, on the 12th, uh, we're going to have an invited dress rehearsal. And you can actually call my phone number. Let me give it to you if you don't mind. 919-530-7341. That's my office phone, 530-7341. Uh, we're going to have a silent auction on the 12th, uh, and we're asking for artists uh, who might want their wares to be seen. The tables are free. Uh, all you have to do is get in touch with us and let us know that you're interested in attending so we can have space for you. But we are, again, trying to raise money to help these kids get to New York and not just, you know, get to New York, to go up there and soar like eagles. And show them what we do, uh, because our kids, our students, are deserving. Yes. They are deserving. Uh, and, you know, it's a shame. Ever since McCrory was governor, funds aren't where they used to be. So, you know, you have to find ways to do it. And if I got to get out on the street corner and sell pencils, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, but I'm going to find a way. And I'd appreciate any help I could get. I'm going to find a way to get my kids to where they need to go. Thank you both so much for having me. Well, thank you for spending time with us. And, and we are so incredibly excited about this play. Um, when we heard about it, we were like, we definitely need to get Please. Uh, yeah, Arthur on the air with us so we could share it with the community. And we encourage all of you to support this effort and is in whatever way that you can definitely attend if you can give of donations that would be greatly appreciated there is a lot of research on the benefit of having arts within our schools both at the elementary the middle school high school and and definitely at the collegiate level so this is valuable experience for our students and so we want to make sure we fully support them and um, we'd like to thank you our listening audience for spending your Sunday evening with us and if you have any questions or comments about the show, you can reach us at LegalEagleReview at nccu.edu. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next week, stay informed and engaged.